Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves, and freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Road Muscle Muscle Radio Radio is on the air. From the magnificent Cowlick Media offices located in my basement, which is also magnificent. Welcome to Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. Be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, on Twitter, and at RoadMuscleRadio.com. We've got links. We've got the blog with the show notes on it. Uh, we've got events that we found. And, of course, we have all the podcasts. Now, coming up in this episode of Road Muscle Radio, future collector car best in show winner. Haggerty is club hubbing. Barrett Jackson takes on road tripping and a quick list of who can get her done in two seconds or less. Damn. Then in segment two, Kelly Modlin, owner of the Twisted Oz Motorcycle Museum in Augusta, Kansas, shares his vision and journey from old dilapidated body shop to super cool vintage motorcycle museum. Dude, I want to go see that thing. You know, it's uh, it's pretty cool. When I was getting online and looking at it and going through the various pages, I'm like, oh, one, this looks cool, and I don't even know what half this stuff is. Oh, yeah. And then I thought of you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah you may. Uh, I'll need a mask because I'm going to be drooling. <laughs> and a bib. Yeah. Uh, now, what have you been doing in cars this week? Okay. I did a couple dumb things Uh-oh. that were cool for me but nobody else. Um, Hot Wheels apparently makes a 164th scale model of my old Impala. Oh, Vlad? Uh, almost dead on. It's red. It's got the wheels set up the same way. And I got one of those, and I'm sitting at home Friday night. I had a couple beers, bored, not doing anything. Uh-oh. Pulled out a Sharpie, put the black stripe down the side. I've got my exact car. <laughs> and then I turn around. I've got a bigger version of that car that was just all red. And I'm like, yeah, we're pretty good. I'll just get that Sharpie. I, yeah, yeah. I, I did it. I did it. <laughs> I made replicas of my two cars. Aside from that, I drove Vlad and the Corvette this weekend. Ah, nice. Uh, no skunks, no drunks, no what? none of that. Nobody tried to pull in front of me, thank God. Well, you know, it uh, always makes the day more exciting. Yeah, and aside from that, <laughs> like we talked about, weather's been really oh, nice. Oh, I don't know what the deal is with the Midwest here. I'm sure we're going to have to pay for it somehow because, you know. I think we uh, paid for it in advance. The last few summers has been weird. We get really hot in June, and then we get really hot in July, and then August kind of – calms down and then we'll have a warm snap in october yeah and then you know winter shows up november 3rd and it's cold as hell until january and then it's <laughs> it's our seasons are kind of jacked you know around. that's what makes me so guilty about my garden out back because uh, those tomatoes will not freaking die no nope. it's november and they've still got tomatoes and i'm like oh i can't kill yeah, well, them they're still them. trying but you then all of a sudden free snap and eh, well you can always eat them game is over what'd you do did you find anything cool Oh, it was, I'll, I'll be honest. I uh, know you went and looked at something. Uh, yeah. Or went, tried to, anywho. Saturday, I went into a, I went into Columbia, Missouri. Oh, um, no, deep in the heart uh, of misery. <laughs> my best buddy lives there. And uh, Phil, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's so patient because I even screwed up the day I was going to come. I, I, for some reason, I said tomorrow on Thursday, and I meant Saturday. So he was expecting me to come in on Friday. He said, hey, dude, when are you going to be here? And I'm like, it'll be tomorrow. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Whoops. So I'm like, wait a minute, what? And I scrolled back. Oh, God, dude, I'm so sorry. He's so nice. We, we've known each other since we were 18. 
Oh. And uh, and just been uh, buds ever since. But anyway, so he's hanging out waiting. I uh, I stopped by in uh, Carrollton and talked to these two old fellas, took a look at a car that had been listed forever. And I'm like, if I don't go look at this now, never going to happen. No, because and, you plan to go look at it, it'll be gone. I, oh, dude, that's the end of this story. Oh, because no. I went, it was a, I said that jokingly. It was a 68 Chrysler, uh, a New Yorker. And not bad. What I didn't know is that it hadn't moved from that spot next to that house oh, in yeah. all of the months that yeah. it's been listed. It had a tree starting to grow around it. And he, he started up the engine, and it was probably bad gas, but it started right up. It was, it was a shaky pudding, but it was, uh, <laughs> but it was running in there. A uh, big old 440 in it, and there was oh, these couple man. of three things he, he had that he went and found were pretty cool. But overall, it's like, holy crap. He's not going to budge off uh, 5K and... Uh, and it's it's way too much. No, okay. not, not for me. All right. So, but anyway, so I'm trying to leave to get to my bud's house because there was another car I wanted to go look at. And he took me over, introduced me because his name's Darren. His brother's name is Daryl. And they're just two of the oh, nicest man. guys on the planet. And Daryl, Darren and Daryl. Really? And Daryl's a Mopar addict. Okay. And he's got he's got dead challengers scattered <laughs> around his backyard. And he's got this and that. He's got a challenger that an SRT8. That he's rebuilding. He bought it. Um, he bought it uh, uh, from Salvage because uh, it had been stolen. Then they ripped out the engine oh. and a couple other things. Oh. But the body was straight on. Oh, so uh, he's the the guy. It, it, they're just these two really super nice old boys who just build everything. They are unafraid and uh, <laughs> and really damn chatty. So I spent way too long there. Car Super guys. nice guys. Car Darren guys. and Daryl, if you decided to actually listen to this, love you, man. Thank, thanks for the chatty. So I finally make it in Columbia to make a long story long. And uh, we shoot out there to this place. You remember I told you I, w- I was willing to cheat on my Mopar edition mm-hmm. with a six- 63 Thunderbird? I, honest, I thought you were going to pull the trigger. Uh, so did I. Went out and uh, went to the place and, you know, in, in Facebook on Friday. It said, yeah, it's, it'll be open, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. So I just came out. I didn't think to give him my phone number or call or anything. I just went. And no, it wasn't open. <laughs> Nobody around. You land. So I, I called the phone number. In the meantime, this uh, there was it, there were some cars. Blah blah blah. Look through a window. Oh, there it is. It's a white sixty three T bird. Yeah, the paint's got some spots on it, yeah. but I don't. I'm not seeing big bubble, bubbles. I'm not seeing chunks through. Chrome is shining even in the dusty dark. And I'm like, oh wow. baby, oh <laughs> baby, starting to turn into <laughs> car Elvis. We went back. We had lunch. Went back to his house. I'd call. Left a couple more messages. Finally. It's getting later, and I need to get back to Kansas City. So I made one last phone call. Got through. Hey, Kyle, wanted to look at the car. Yeah, sold it this morning. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Do you know how hard it was to still be nice to him? <laughs> you, you mean you didn't say damn you and then slam the phone down? <laughs> damn you, Kyle, your ability to sell something. So, oh, yeah, wow. and I'll be, I got to be honest, man. It just kind of took the wind out of my sails. So I, uh, I'm not spending each night looking at car porn. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of done looking for a while. If it falls in my lap, I won't turn it away. But otherwise, ah. now this is the same thing I told you last year, and it's still true this year. We are in coming up third week of August, and then we're going to hit September, and then we're going to hit October. And in October, car prices and car sales for classic stuff are going to start to fall on their face. And you're going to, you watch, you watch. Eh, We'll see. The selection won't be as broad, but it will be (laughs) cheaper. Eh, 
I, yeah, I hope so. And if it doesn't, then uh, who gives a damn? I'm, just, I'm so mad I can't see straight. So, so that was my uh, my time. But I'm, 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 the weather was beautiful. Hey, it's you're a beautiful still drive. You're still on the hunt, baby. You doggone right. There was also a lot of news that happened over the weekend. Oh, all kinds of good stuff. From journal.classiccars.com, there's a virtual future collector car show. They finally had their deal, and the best of show winner is. Da-da-da-da. Koji Yamaguchi's 1977 Toyota Celica Liftback. Oh, my Lord. That took the top honors. The Future Collector Car Show was founded, and this is from the uh, the article, was founded on the mission to drive the next generation of car collectors by changing how the Concour entry system works. I kind of dig this idea, to be honest. The FCCS accepts nearly all years, makes, models, and conditions, including all original and highly modified cars, modern Grand Tours, supercars, and other uniquely desirable vehicles, as they say. Now, this year, the best of show is a right-hand drive 1977 Toyota Celica liftback. Uh, so that, that would have been what they call a JDM car, Japanese domestic market. Bingo. Right-hand drive car. Partnering with the Peterson Automotive Museum and the Digital Peterson Car Week, the uh, Virtual Future Car Collector Show received dozens of applicants from all over the world. There's a 45-minute video special, which uh, premiered on August 13th. has 18 hand-selected future collector cars, and the winner, there it is, the JDM legend, was rescued from a Japanese junkyard in 1989 by the owner, Mr. Yamaguchi. Yamaguchi built it like it was built by someone who owned it in the 70s, said the head head judge, Andy Ride. This Celica really encompasses what the future of the collector car hobby will be. I don't know about that, but the thing was in hella good condition. Well, I know Andy Reid, so I probably have to go along with whatever he says. Although, I wouldn't have picked this one. (laughs) This this wouldn't have been my first choice. But Andy's a pretty sharp guy. Andy's a very sharp guy. Knows what he's talking about. Well, this cat saved it from the Japanese junkyard in 89. He imported it to the United States when he was a young man. And the Celica received a complete ground-up cosmetic and mechanical restoration over the last 30 years with the goal of keeping it as stock as possible. It has a 1,968cc I, I don't know even what the hell's an 18RG. It's a it's a, a internal Toyota. Okay, 18 real good. Two, uh, two liter 18RG double overhead cam inline four cylinder. This is the thing that got me about this. 140 horse four banger in 1977. There were a lot of American cars with V8s that weren't putting out 140 horse in 77. Dude, friend of mine was able to get his 19, I think it was 70 or 71 Toyota station wagon when we were in high school up on two wheels. <laughs> you know, <laughs> slamming a four banger and a five speed. <laughs> of course, we were both insane, but yeah, you well. know, it happens. Now it was repainted original sandy beige, complemented by racing wheels and with uh, Yokohama Yokohama S Drive high performance tires. And if you want to see this and some of the other cars and that video go to futurecarcollectorshow.com interesting stuff uh guys the fuel house better watch what they're doing because haggerty can smell what they've got cooking mm-hmm. haggerty has announced partnership with collector car garage to create a national network of car hubs to provide collector car storage and host events experiences and other various educational and social functions have you noticed how the car world is moving yeah, they're, they're transforming a bit. You're starting to see uh, auction houses get into doing experiential stuff. and It's culture. Well, Haggerty started the Haggerty Drivers Club a couple of years ago. I'm a member, of course. Yeah. Uh, but Haggerty does a lot of different things. They're doing uh, different drives. They're doing different experiences and get-togethers. Haggerty is the uh, group that sponsored seeing uh, – 
the 24-hour war at the Kansas City Auto Museum a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they do a lot of cool stuff, and this is just one more thing they've started doing. Uh, Haggerty Garage and, and Social is the name of the network that opens in the collector car garage facilities already operating in Chicago and Bedford Hills, New York, with a third facility scheduled to open in Miami in 2021. Uh, this is another big step forward in our mission to expand and preserve the, collect, the car culture for oh, yeah, future yeah. generations, said McKeel Haggerty. He's the chief executive officer of Haggerty and also their namesake. Uh, we want each Haggerty garage and social location to become the center of the local car community, along with offering outstanding services for clients. I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's – you know, with those deep pockets, they might be able to bring in some stuff that you're not – particularly I, accustomed to. I'm really excited about it. And if Haggerty's got a hand in it, it's going to be quality. Yeah. Uh, our goal is to make the ownership experience easy so our members can get the most enjoyment out of their cars and take advantage of events, events and other members or events with other members. Pardon me. Uh, imagine going to a car show whenever you wanted. Yeah. Right there at your clubhouse. The Fuel House in Bonner Springs already has this going on, and those guys are visionaries. On that space. The, and and the, that is an incredible space. And the fact that they were able to take uh, basically an old mill yeah. and turn it into it, something it is, so cool. It is very cool and very gorgeous and not from the outside. Still looks like, for the most part, like an old mill. They it's have a done some improvements with patina. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, from the outside, you'd never guess what is inside of there. But uh, Fuel House is already doing stuff like this, uh, repurposing an old building and making a real hub for yeah. uh, collector car fans and and it's also just. Just for great uh, – it's a great venue for a lot of things. I understand they've done a few weddings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've, they've got spaces where you can have events. Yeah. So and it's ha open 24 hours. If, Hag if Haggerty is coming up with cool stuff like like what Fuel House has been doing, yeah, that, that will be really cool. Uh, that comes to us I, – I missed this earlier. That comes to <laughs> us from uh, ClassicCarJournal.com or JournalClassicCars.com. A uh, great article will have the link on Road Muscle Radio. From aftermarketnews.com, another big name in the car world is jumping in on the experiential bandwagon. What we were just talking about, Barrett Jackson is launching exclusive collector car road tours. They've got a 2020 event that begins October 7th at Summit Racing in McDonough, Georgia, and ends on October 13th in Key West, Florida. That would be a fun Dude, ride. that'd be wicked. Barrett Jackson Collector Car Road Tours will include week-long and weekend tours open to all kinds of collectible vehicles. The exact tour routes and hotel details are revealed when you check in. But, ah. but each of these will offer drivers a chance to enjoy their collector cars while exploring some of the most beautiful parts of the country. Y'all ain't been to the Ozarks. You need to get your uh -huh. ass open now. That's all I'm saying. Bring your canoe, baby. There ain't nothing Florida has that Arkansas doesn't have except more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and maybe better rum. Uh, the Barrett-Jackson-led tours will combine scenic routes, visits to national landmarks and museums, exclusive activities and excursions to automotive-related businesses, fine dining, luxurious hotels. So it might be a little pricey. Yeah, all this sounds just terrible. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? It's just going to be uh, encompassing more than 1,500 miles through five states. The October Road Tour is limited to just 50 vehicles, and it'll take you through some of the most picturesque cities along the way. There's Atlanta, Greensville, Charlotte, Savannah, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Daytona Beach, Port St. Lucie, 
uh, West Palm Beach, and then Key West, southernmost landmark. If you want to find out more or if you want to try to get in, visit BarrettJacksonRoadTours.com. Very cool. I wonder if they would allow a press car. <laughs> if you beg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might know a few people over there. Might have to beg real hard. <laughs> From HotCars.com. HotCars. Uh, they always have great clickbait. They've oh, got yeah. uh, the it's the land of the infinite list. <laughs> uh, this one cars that can go from zero to sixty in under two seconds. Oh my god, that's a good list. We'll have to go through it fast though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get it. <laughs> okay, we kicked. Two, they had they had ten vehicles on there uh, <laughs> that can go from a dead stop to to sixty in under two seconds. Jesus, uh, we took out all the non street versions and the electrics, and I got it down to four. However, there is an honorable mention here. Okay, and we'll start with that one. It's the Pininfarina Batista. That sounds like the type of fabric my wife buys. Mm-hmm. You know, when she wants to make something from an old Italian lady. Yeah, is that like a Bugatti chiffon or something? Yeah, sorta. <laughs> Uh, in two seconds flat, uh, the Pininfarina Batista is the most potent road legal Italian car. It's believed to be uh, an influ- influential pioneer in the hyper EV car industry. Listen, all, all the all the new EV cars are hyper. Yeah, they, they just are. It's because you've got all the torque available from zero, and the second you hit the gas, it's you're full on. So it's got a 120-kilowatt lithium-ion battery pack that produces nearly 1,900 brake horsepower. Oh, my God. 1,900 and almost 1,700 pound-feet of torque. (laughs) So that will rip your house in half and then carry it down the street for you. Shit. Uh, Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Uh, with the extraordinary attributes of emotion, the beautiful Batista has got the F1 style acceleration. It phenomenally takes fewer than 12 seconds to get to 186 miles oh per hour. Oh my God! Automobili Pininfarina has planned to introduce 150 examples that each cost around two million dollars. Pocket change. Yeah, buy two. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, Dubai. I, I was really, really. Uh, Happy to see this one. A uh, fifth-gen Lingenfelder twin-turbo Corvette that does it in 1.96. Wow. That when is... you leave all your body panels back and go? <laughs> Man, it's... the password is chassis flex. <laughs> Lingenfelder Performance Engineering, LPE, has, is based in Decatur, Indiana, and they're famous for – their. One of the most famous Corvette tuner houses, period. But they, uh, they've they modified American cars to reach high levels of speed for over 46 years, Whoa. and this fifth-gen Corvette is one of them. They developed the fifth-gen Corvette with twin turbos on top of an aluminum crate V8 engine. The C5, with utilizing, uh, utilizing these turbos, produces 1,100 horsepower, Whoa. a strengthened gearbox, gee, you'd think, you think? <laughs> a considerable bulge <laughs> on the hood for a giant intake, and uh, all these are the reasons the C5 gained mention in this record. 1.96. 1.96. Now, my wife. Now, my wife. My darling wife has a uh, an 05 GTO. It's 400 horse. Yep. And that thing will run a mid-4, 0-60. And that is one of the quickest cars. Well, uh, 
when we went down to look for that at that 63 uh, Mercury that tried to put us in the grave, yeah. you, you drove that down there and you put your foot in it a couple of times. And, and yeah, it comes on that quite little nicely. Thing will zip right up there. Think about something that cuts that zero to 60 time in half. God. And then takes off another half second. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Just to be mean about it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh, number three, the Ford Mustang SVT boss with a 10 liter does it 1.9 seconds when producing a car capable of reaching 60 miles per hour and fewer than two seconds was unbelievable. Ford built the one and only Mustang SVT boss back in the nineties. Uh, this amazing 10 liter Mustang was exclusively oh, manufactured to geez. be a drag racing car. The combination of 1990s technologies with a slightly ambiguous 1960s engine proved to be a challenge in the production car. The Mustang SVT boss's roaring engine produces 855 horsepower, as well as a considerable amount of joy in a drag race. 855 horsepower, yet it did it in 1.9. I'm guessing that there is a, there's probably great big giant meats on this sucker. It's got to be. It, it would have to be monster wrinkle walls. Uh, you know, if you get them sticky enough and you get them to hook up hard enough, Yeah. of course, 800 horsepower is 800 horsepower, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There is that. <laughs> and then here's one that I wasn't surprised to see on the list, although the time is still astonishing. Porsche turbos have been notoriously stinking fast for a long, long time. The 2021 911 Turbo S was introduced as the most powerful member of the 992 family. Uh, Porsche 911 turbos have been stonking fast for a long time. Yeah. And part of what makes them so fast is their all-wheel drive. The other part of what makes them so fast is they put the stickiest Michelin Sport Cup tires on these things. Uh, if you put your hand on the tire after it's warm, it feels like you're peeling it off a strip of duct tape. They are stonking. Stupid so sticky. You're rolling on silly putty. Yeah, and they got great big fat meats out in, in the back of the car and pretty decent sized tires on the front of the car. So it's absolutely glued to the road. Nice. It's got a 640 horsepower horizontally opposed six, a turbocharged six, and it's got massive straight line speed. Now, all the 911s now are turbocharged, all of them. But the Carrera and the Carrera S have smaller turbos, and then the the standard turbo has bigger turbos, and then the Turbo S has got, I've come for your family. (laughs) (laughs) They are stupid fast. And uh, this one is no different. This new 911 Turbo S, 1.87 seconds. Holy mother of pearl, that will flatten your retinas. Leave your liver in the back seat. Scare the hell out of your kids if they are sitting in the back seat. Because if, the, if they're in the back seat of this, they're tiny. Yeah. Uh, Porsche has just, they, they've paid attention to all aspects of the 911's performance in the Turbo S. And the suspension system is harder and lower. The brakes are thicker. The tires are larger and stickier. Engineers have also found the best ways to uh, duct the air uh, to get it as much as they can back to the engine. And also they've got, they'll have brake cooling ducts. And I mean, yeah, you you really need to get underneath one of these to see the engineering genius. And you also have to remember started making 911s in 63 or 64. I think 63 is first year of production. You're talking about a car that's been in constant production since 1963, almost 60 years now. And 
is an engineering quagmire. The engine <laughs> hangs out behind the rear axle. It's a little like sticking a tennis ball in a sock, you know? It is, and they've figured out how to make this thing work, and they're incredible. But yeah. that's also part of the reason you get that acceleration. You've got that rearward weight bias over the back tires. And granted, the front tires do grab, and I think they provide up to 30% of the, uh, the uh, power is directed forward or maybe a little bit more AWD all wheel no, drive, no all wheel drive, but you do have the steamroller meets in the back. They are super sticky and you've got the biggest weight mass over the rear axle yeah. and behind the rear axle. So yeah, obviously, but boy, engineering Marvel always has been. Okay. Finally wrapping up. Sorry. I'm gushing about the Porsche. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a moment. You're a little teary eyed. <laughs> So the AMS Alpha Omega GTR in a second and a half, 1.53. Good God. Good God. You know, I've had some really, really <laughs> fast motorcycles in my day. I had one that a buddy of mine took down the strip at KCIR and got the thing to turn a 989 at 139, 140 miles an hour and a quarter. And it wouldn't come close to a second and a half, zero to 60. This is just remarkable. Alpha Performance has made a car named the Alpha Omega Nissan GTR. So it starts as a Nissan GTR, and then they take it and breathe on it real heavily. <laughs> uh, GTR is also all-wheel drive, and I assume really super sticky rubber on this. The car has experienced a slight delicate modification <laughs> and now has recorded a quarter-mile time. Quarter-mile time. Of 7.48 seconds. Oh, my God. You know how fast you got to go to do a sub 10? Yeah, too fast for Mark to be at the wheel. <laughs> and then every second you take off on a quarter mile is a is a is just a remarkable change Lord. in speed. 7.48 seconds in Michigan uh, on a Michigan track. The reason for such exotic performance is having a new 4-liter twin-turbo engine and wide DOT tires. Uh, this engine produces 2,000 horsepower and enables this car to achieve considerably fast speed while still being a street-legal car in a GTR frame. Okay, how do, how do you make a GTR frame that's strong enough to there's handle no, that? Because the original no wasn't designed. Way. Plus, uh, NHRA rules dictate that if you're going to run quarter mile and you're under eight seconds, I think it is, you have to have a full cage in it. So I would be surprised to find out this didn't have some kind of integrated cage. It may not be what you and I are typically thinking of in a yeah. tube, but there had to be some reinforcing here. Again, the password is cowl flex. <laughs> Can you see? Can you see the car twist one of the wheels off the ground? <laughs> yeah, because all I'm thinking of is, you know, the the body panel's going bing, 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 oh, bing, well, it just kind of twists sideways. You know, if you make everything out of rubber. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. Good Lord in heaven. So yeah, there's some seriously fast stuff out there, folks. Uh, oh my good Lord, I I love the idea that Porsches, uh, the 911 Turbo S, is doing this out of the box from the factory. That's that's pretty slick. Now, you know, that, that kind of gives it, I, I almost would have put that as number one, even though this one is just lightning effing, oh my God, fast. And uh, the fact that you, it, you know, you take it off the showroom floor and then go get those numbers. Oh yeah. Damn, and, dude. and as much as I, I want to carry the flag for the Corvette, cause that's who oh, I, sure. that's the guy I am. They're doing this with a 
factory car you can go out and buy. Now, granted, you got to have some pockets to do that. Yeah. But it's a 911 Turbo S. You can go to your Porsche dealer and pick one up. Find links to these stories and more <laughs> on our blog at roadmuscleradio.com. Coming up in our second segment, Kelly Maudlin talks about his twisted trip from just a guy to a super cool motorcycle museum owner in Augusta, Kansas. Stick around. More Road Muscle Radio is coming up. We're back with Road Muscle Radio. Find us on the web at roadmuscleradio.com, on Twitter at Road Muscle Radio, and on Facebook. And if you have questions, comments, interview suggestions, send those to driver at roadmuscleradio.com. Plus, on Facebook, you can always send us a message, and we'll figure it out one way or t'other. Now, the Twisted Oz Motorcycle Museum was a dream developed by the owner, Kelly Maudlin. Kelly had a vision for a nationally known vintage motorcycle museum located in the center of the United States. <laughs> Kelly's dream has come true in Augusta, Kansas, just east of Wichita on US 400. Through a lake of sweat equity, a dedicated group of volunteers, and an unending love for classic motorcycles, Twisted Oz Motorcycle Museum lives. Over 70 privately curated vintage motorcycles, including a surprising, one-of-a-kind, and an Indian Six and more. Kelly Mudlin, welcome to Road Muscle Radio. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You, uh, you've got this huge collection. You've got this museum that you started by your own willpower. What got you started loving vintage bikes in the first place, Kelly? You know, I, I, I tell people, everybody wants to tell you how long they've ridden motorcycles. And I didn't ride for five years. And then I turned five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I, I was the bottom of seven in a motorcycle family, so I grew up riding motorcycles. And I don't know, 20-some years ago, I, I bought a 1930 VL, which is the first year of the VL Harley, and uh, had it brought in from New Mexico. Roundabout trip, guy picked it up, took it all the way to Florida, got it here. It took me a couple of years to get it put together. My brothers helped me with it, and uh, just the coolest thing. I, you know, you hear something to come alive that hasn't been started, you don't know, 30, 40, 50 years. Oh, man, it's just, it's just an unbelievable rush. And, uh, you know, and then just just turn me on to the vintage things and, I've always had a collection of stuff that I've, I've built, me and my friends. And uh, I always told my wife I wanted a museum someday. And <laughs> she, she, kept, she kept on saying no on the properties that we own because we was collecting money off of them. And uh, we was doing a job and was able to buy a couple of buildings. Uh, used to be a Chevrolet dealership. And I was able to pay cash. And I walked in and I just looked at these steel rafters and stuff. In it, and I just told her, I said, this is it. And she didn't argue with me, so that's... Well, it probably that's, got all those, uh, gets those motorcycle parts out of the house. <laughs> you, yeah, you, yeah. You could have picked a field. <laughs> you know, you, you, don't, you only need one motorcycle. And you know which one that is? It's the next one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
So uh, tell us a bit about this. This place that you went into, it used to be an old body shop, and you've got these kind of metal rafters, like you mentioned, and it's looking kind of cool. I mean, was it a wide open space? Did you have to gut it? Was there a lot of changes? What all did you have to do with this to make it into the museum that you dreamt of? You know, I just had to haul a bunch of stuff to the landfill. It was just miscellaneous oil field crap, and somebody's using it for storage. So, we, so basically a blank screen is what we started with. And, you know, I, I started doing it, and friends started showing up, and they started telling friends. So it was a community effort. And uh, as far as my uh, displays on the walls and stuff, people, once I, they say, hey, Kelly, come take it, you can tear it down, it's yours. So we did that before we was ready for the next scene. Somebody else would say, hey, Kelly, if you want this, come get it. We worked, I'm going to say, probably 45 days straight, and we got the interior done. I mean, it was just unbelievable. People that I was in the military with for 20 years showed up and helped, and uh, it couldn't have done it without my family and my friends backing me up. I do everything on the budget, though. I mean, Kelly's got a small budget, so we make what we got work. And, you know, just to stand you too i think he was doing some reading there on that but really we got about 120 vintage bikes in there's what we have at this you need point. to update your website <laughs> yeah 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 120 bikes I, holy hell I, I tell you i'm not a computer person <laughs> <laughs> well all right well then let's get into that uh tell us about this collection you got you're gonna have to educate me because what the hell is a wood motorcycle i i got no clue jj wood 1914 is the only one in the world it is one of one. You know, one time we had 250 motorcycle manufacturers in the United States. Whoa. And a lot of them, a lot of them didn't make it more than a year. Henry Ford put a lot of them out of the business. You know, and the thing about the wood motorcycle, and we got it on display, it's a twin-cylinder motorcycle side-by-side. Side. The guy cast his own cylinders. You know, and, and back then, everybody was stealing ideas from other people, fenders and this, that, and the other. Uh, but J.J. Wood from Denver, Colorado, uh, you know, he built this, him and his wife, in 2015 and 16, rode it from Denver, Colorado to St. Augustine, Florida. Lord have mercy. You know, before, they, before there was any roads and uh, had the a original lot of iron butt. problems and stuff. Good and Lord. I, they I, got down there. They ha had it shipped home. He got home, couldn't get any financial backing. His wife divorced him. And that was the end <laughs> Over of the that ride. Motorcycle. You're not you know? wrong. Yeah, I'd have divorced him too. You made me ride that far on that thing. She held a grudge because she come back later and poisoned his ass after she got remarried. <laughs> what happened with the bike then? Oh, uh, just several breaks. I mean, with no roads. I mean, the welds was breaking. They had to weld the frame up. Just several. You know, it, there you go. I mean, do that in today, and you're lucky if you can do it on a bike, let alone a vintage bike. And you know, you're talking 1914, You're riding through cow pastures. So, so it, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a whole article out there on it, and uh, one of them that goes into more detail that just came out this year that I read about her poisoning his ass and stuff once they got <laughs> divorced. I mean, yeah. that, that woman held a grudge. Yes, she did. <laughs> I've had enough of you, Buster, and I'm going to prove it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I better not buy that classic car I've been, I was whining about in segment one because who knows? I may have a hamburger with a mic funny flavor to it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so this uh this little one-off motorcycle now when you got it was it still in parts or had somebody by then kind of welded it back together at least a little bit and had it running no it, it was a complete motorcycle i tell you my my friend jerry oddway he's 83 years old half of the collection of the museum is jerry's and half of it's mine and we got about 12 or so bikes that are on loan so most of them jerry and myself own and 
Jerry and his father had Joyland Amusement Park here in Wichita, Kansas. And they had the means to buy these bikes and hold on to them. And they found it in the garage sale. Don't hold me this. I think it was 1970s in Denver. And nobody wanted it. It was just a damned old motorcycle. They were smart enough to buy it. This is original paint bike. Oh, my God. And it's God. complete. I mean, it's just uh, – and like, like I tell people, Jerry – Ottaway and Herb Ottaway's collection in the museum is the good stuff, and all the other crap's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have good friends. <laughs> oh, you know, the best. My, my friends run from 70 to 93. That's the cool guys that I hang out with. Nice. You know, they, they tell the driest jokes, too. That's awesome. Oh, man. And it tells us how much we can get away with. <laughs> <laughs> those, guys, those guys have given us some good lines. But uh, okay, so this, you know, you've got this one-off wood motorcycle. What are some of the other rarities and oddities that we can see at the Twisted Odd Mo- Twisted Oz Motorcycle Museum? Okay, I'll hit the highlights with you, and I'm sure. sort of going through my mind because I'm not at the museum right now. We have a 1929 Super X, one of 15 factory-built hill climb bikes. Gene, they kept two of them for the factory racers out of the 15. Gene Ryan was a factory racer out of California. Rode this particular bike to championship in 1930. Oh, and cool. we got it sitting on an artificial dirt hill that it's climbing. Now, does that bike okay. have one of the big paddle tires on the back, or is it uh, now, have, just have the, the chains? Nobby. Nobby. And the, the rear sprocket's about the same size as the rim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just a beautiful restored bike. And it laid underneath the uh, – the roller coaster down at Joyland for years, Jerry said, just a box of parts and stuff. And then they, they finally put it together and restored it. But so that's one of 15 bikes. We have a, a Cyclone, which is one of 12 or 13 that exists, poor track racers. Uh, we have the first Indian Six. There's two original Indian Sixes that were built, both of them here in Wichita, Kansas. And then a, a, an attorney, Jeff, uh, just had one built last year. So there's a reproduction of the first two. So there's actually three Indian Sixes now. Unbelievable. Uh, we, go ahead. No, I was just saying unbelievable. You got me drooling as I'm thinking about this stuff and we, in the museum. We fire these up and we ride them. Oh, yes. Them. Yes. Uh, I'd certainly volunteer to help. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, have you guys ever heard of the motorcycle cannonball? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Cannonball Baker, Sea to, sea to Shining Sea. Every two years, there's a cannonball race, and I've done the last four. Uh, we go coast to coast on vintage motorcycles, and most of them are a pre-30, but in 16, it was a had to be a 100-year-old motorcycle. Yeah. So it had to be uh, 100-year-old. So I did my 1914 Excelsior, which is a museum, and I start regularly for people. Um, you know, I rode it from Atlantic City, New Jersey, to Carlsbad, California. That uh, was 16. In 14, we went Daytona Beach, Florida to Tacoma, Washington. I did that on a 27 Henderson. And in 12, we went from uh, Newburgh, New York to San Francisco. I did it on a 29 Harley. And then on the last race uh, in 18, they canceled one this year thanks to the virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the 18, 18 race was a pre-30 race. I did a 27 Chief. I left the museum in Augusta, Kansas, rode by myself to Portland, Maine. Now, about 106 of my friends, we raced to Portland, Oregon, and then I rode my bike home. So I was the only one out of the whole cannonball that did a round trip on my bike. 
So in 33, 33 days, I did a little over 7,300 miles. Good grief. God. Did I, tell you we, did I tell you we like to ride our motorcycles? Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> your, your liver must be made out of jello, yeah, though, because damn, man, I'm that's the kind of stuff that'll shake you loose. I'm wondering if your chiropractor sends you Christmas yeah. cards. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I tell you what, it, it, it gets you friends throughout the vintage world. It's just unbelievable. I got a friend, Doug Wolfie. And uh, we went and did the Himalaya Mountains in Nepal a couple of years ago. Last year, we went over for the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Five of us flew our WLAs over. Oh, and on June the 6th, so we was on cool. Utah Beach. And uh, three of my friends, they stayed. We went and re-invaded Berlin. At that point, they, they turned around and went home. Took off for another month and a half. So I spent two and a half months in Europe last year. And my only transportation was my 1942 Harley WLA. Lord of mercy. So we, we covered 11 countries in two and a half months. And I spent uh, four days in a Hungarian hospital. And uh, everybody said, what happens? Like I got sick of my friend Doug and I had to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take some friend acillin. <laughs> That sounds so cool that one of the things you do at the museum, it's not just go look, see the pretty thing, but you occasionally start them up. And as a person, if I'm there on the right day at the right time, I'll get to listen to one. Yes. Yes. We fire them up regularly. Uh, you know, and we always try to give guided tours. If people come in and we get multiple people, so we sort of just bounce around. But Paul Belt, Jerry Ottaway, and myself, and if we got my brothers in or or other people of the Sunflower chapter down here in Wichita again, they give interviews and, and walk around with people and, and talk to them and stuff. So it's just, you know, we like to make it more than just a museum. We got a diner in there that was built in Wichita up till 1972 from the 50s, and that's our break room area. Uh, you know, a lot of joy. We got more than just motorcycles is what I'm trying to say. And we got art. We got just, you know, we got some cars. And we got a 1901 Toledo steam car in there. We got oh my God. in there. We got a Packard in there. You know, hello. Uh, we got talking. <laughs> two buildings full of motorcycles. Well, we're with Kelly Modlin, owner of the Twisted Oz Motorcycle Museum in Augusta, Kansas. You can find info about the collection, location, and more at twistedoz.com. Now, Kelly, how in the world do you keep the museum free of charge? The admission is free. How do you do that? I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we work off of donations and our T-shirt sales. The city helps with my utilities, and then the gas company takes all of our donations in the wintertime. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet, bet they, they do. do. I'll bet they do. <laughs> well, that's, that's amazing. So people just, you know, you can, obviously, there's got to be something up front that you can make donations to when you step on in. And I'm we, sure we have a jar, we have a jar there and, uh, you know, we, we don't harass anybody, you know, just come in and, you know, we go through and people, what's the cost? And it's like, you know, if you get an extra hundred bucks or two in your pocket, put it in there. Usually <laughs> we get 20 and I'm good with that. I'll bet. I'm good with that. Now, why did you name it Twisted Oz? Where did that come from? You know, on the 12 Cannonball, everybody had their, their team name and stuff. And it's like, man, I said, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, build a lot of things and I like to put a twist in there. I got sort of a rat think trike that we did in a coffin car, like grandpa monsters, but yeah. with a motorcycle engine in it. The Dracula. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just, we're Oz, you know, from Kansas. So we're twisted Oz and it just stuck. <laughs> so. 
if uh, with the activities that you have there, you've got uh, you know, obviously the various vehicles, the things that we can go through. Um, you've got the diner that's in the back. Are there any other activities that you do? Is there are there like specific events that you like to host, or can people do events at your place? You know, we we invite anybody. We do a lot of poker runs that come through. I don't like to do it. Uh, we got enough going on. So if somebody else wants to do it, and they head it up, power to them. Uh, we do a swap meet. We try to do it once a year, a swap meet bike show and an auction. Cool. Um, we try to do that once a year. Uh, we just had one a couple months ago uh, due to the virus and stuff. I think it was the 1st of July. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just a, we're open for any suggestions. We do have for motorcycle clubs and car clubs an area that they can have events and stuff back there and do their meetings and stuff if they want to do that. Now, what kind of plans do you have for the future of the museum? What are, you, uh, what, what are your next dreams coming up? You know what? I just enjoy seeing the people come in and join. You know, it really makes you feel good when people come through and they really get into it. So in the future, I think it's just maintaining what we have. You know, we, again, we're always looking for that next motorcycle. Um, you know, I, I, right now I'm, I'm, I'm after a Harley U model. I don't have one. I've wanted one. You know, I found, but there again, we got to find them for the right price because they're going to be in the museum. I can't pay top dollar for them. Right. Right. And plus you're going to be riding the hell out of them. I mean, you're going to be test driving them to ensure their museum quality. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, Kelly, so this sounds like such a great place. And, you know, when we were talking about it here before the podcast, uh, Brett and I, Brett's eyes were lit up. We were talking about, we've got to make a road trip. We've got to get down there to oh, see this. Uh, once I saw your uh, your website and then ended up talking to you about it before we got on here, uh, I got really excited. So uh, this is this is fantastic. I I am amazed and so happy. Admission is always free. Public is welcome. The museum does accept goodwill donations to fund the project. Kelly hopes to grow the museum into a destination attraction for history buffs, motorcycle enthusiasts alike. It's the Twisted Oz Motorcycle Museum. It's at six hundred one West Seventh Street in Augusta, Kansas is 67010. If you uh, get on to Highway 40, especially up here in Kansas City, you head south on 35 If you're or if you're coming up from uh, uh, Dallas, Texas through Oklahoma, uh, you can uh, sorry. <laughs> I love you, Oklahoma. I do. Uh, you can come up 35 and just take 400 and go east or yeah, east just a little bit. You're going to find Augusta. Hours are Friday through Sunday, 10A to 4P. You can visit TwistedOz.com for full info. Also, put it out there, too. There's four wonderful museums in Kansas. we got St. Francis. you got Marquette. you got the Evil Knievel on Topeka, myself. And I know there's some smaller ones around, too. But, uh, you know, we're not the only show in town. But, you know, if you're looking to come to Kansas, plan on spending a few days and go visit all the museums. Absolutely. We've, we've had uh, Evil Knievel's Museum on before and just fantastic people. So we love that, yeah. that y'all have that passion. And I've been in rolling. that Marquette Museum. That is a cool motorcycle museum. Definitely worth the time. Well, I tell you, you know, if people are coming from out of state or you got friends from out of state or come to town, we will open during the week if they give us a notice and stuff like that. If we're going to be in town, we have no problem opening up during the week. Oh, that's cool. You heard it here. Visit TwistedOz.com. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us here on Road Muscle Radio. Guys, no problem. Have a great evening. Isn't he the nicest guy? 
He is, and I'm I'm excited, man. I want to go. And it was so fun when I was setting up this uh, this chance to chat with him. Uh, he, I called down there, and uh, his four year old granddaughter pops on the phone. Hello! <laughs> I just started giggling. She was adorable. He was hanging out with the grandkids, and. Uh, uh, just a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Here, answer this and ask him who the yeah, hell it is. Yeah. This is obviously a salesman. He's far too cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're not wrong. So uh, uh, thank you, Kelly, so much for being with us. And thank you for sharing your time with us as we act about grease, gears, and cool car stuff. There's nothing like going on a fun ride, especially when you've got good buddies to go along the way. Be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio at RoadMuscleRadio.com and on Twitter. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. We'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio.